0: Hello, you're listening to Rising Together, a podcast dedicated to documenting stories of resilient humans rising from the ashes. I'm your host, Megan. Thanks for joining me here. everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rising Together. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm so excited today to be here with my wonderful new friend, Allison Hillman. Allison is a photographer out of St. Louis, and she's joining me here today to share a story that a lot of women in the world have and, and keep really close to their hearts and, and it's difficult to find some verbiage around. So she's here today to share this story with us, her moment of rising from the ashes and I'm, I'm just grateful to have her here. So welcome Allison.
1: Hey girl.
0: Hey girl, hey. So glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. Why don't we just start off by you telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from and, and we'll dive right in.
1: So my name is Allison. I am, as you said, a photographer here in St. Louis, BTP by Allison, shameless plug. Whoop, whoop, Hello. Um, So I am an entrepreneur here in St. Louis. I will have been here five years in October. We moved to St. Louis on purpose, much mm. like you, my friend. <laughs> um, everyone thinks crazy bad things about my city because what USA Today wants to tell about us, but um, this is the greatest city on earth. So I'm um, married to my best friend, Jason, who we're... A lot different, but we're besties. Um, I've got the cutest dog in the world, Riley, my little pit bull rescue. Um, no human children yet, which is what we're going to talk about. And yeah. um, best tribe on earth. And. I'm pretty lucky to get to live the life I do.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way, and I have felt that way since I met you and everyone here at um, NextCore, which is the co-working spot that Allison and I connected at. And it was it was almost friendship at first sight. You know, we kind of pointed our <laughs> fingers at each other and we're like, "You're mine. I'm keeping <laughs> you." <laughs> it was really lovely. So I'm so honored today that you wanted to come on here and share your story of rising from the ashes. And so let's dive right in. Why don't you kind of set the stage for us and take us into one of these moments that really formed you, that really made you, set, made you look at your life differently than you ever had before?
1: So, um, September 6th, will make nine years with my husband. And, um, you know, we were two party animals that got together and we've been, we were friends for so long before we got married. And, Um, we made this bucket list of everything we were going to accomplish together so that we could grow our marriage and just build our friendship more because it's the most important thing that you can do for your kids is to be good together. Mm. And I grew up in an atmosphere where my mom and my birth father, just they weren't good together. And um, they realized to be separate, you know, that toxicity didn't need to be there. But even I didn't want to put that on my kids because whether you realize you do or not, you do. So we created this bucket list and we traveled all over the place. And then the last item was ready to be checked off the list, Hawaii. And (laughs) I mean, it just, we had the conversation of, and I'm just going to kind of just be blunt because you're not, we're not as women, we're not supposed to talk about infertility. We learn in school that, If you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. So, and I remember Jason and I having this like purposeful conversation that we weren't going to have to pack condoms for Hawaii because we were (laughs) going to have, try to have a baby. And it was just, um, and then we did it. And I went for my annual gyno appointment and, um, to tell her, Hey, we're going to do this. And so some things happen. And, um, two weeks before Hawaii, I get a phone call and it's, she said, um, I hate to break this to you. You do need to pack condoms for Hawaii. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Um, and the nasty sea word no one wants to hear mm-hmm. comes up in cancer. And so we found out that I had, um, what we thought was precancerous cells on my cervix. Um, was going to have surgery right after we got back from Hawaii to get rid of those and not to freak out because they were precancerous. It wasn't a big deal. She got in there and it actually, there was some cancer there. Mm -hmm. And so went through the whole process of getting that to go away and we fixed it and I didn't have to do intensive treatment from there. Praise the Lord. Um, and then everything looked as it should and I still wasn't getting pregnant still wasn't getting pregnant and then we moved to St. Louis and there was a lot of stress between selling a house so we took um, just took a step back and it's like well maybe the stress is causing issues. Well then I got a doctor here and she goes Allison I have absolutely no idea why you're not getting pregnant. Mm. It, you should be. Everything is where it's supposed to be. We fixed your hormones, we fixed this, we fixed that. Just." Don't even, and this, I hate this. And ladies, if this is something you've ever been told, I think a lot of us feel this way. I really, really, really hate when they're like, just don't stress about it and don't think about it. (laughs) Just sleep with your husband. and It's this magical unicorn. It's going to happen. And it's just, and as a woman, when my husband from the time he knew what he wanted to name a son, he knew it and in sixth grade that he wanted to be an accountant and he knew he wanted to be a dad and a husband and those are the things and my husband's a very simple guy but he's and I couldn't make him a dad Mm. and that's heartbreaking because I have this man that I'm madly in love with and just that one dream I can't make happen and there's nothing I've wanted more than to be a mom right um because badass chick and i'm a lot of fun <laughs> you are it. a badass chick you are you a know fantastic. we go we have season tickets to the cardinals and we go to all these concerts and we have that missing piece of our story and it's just it was so heartbreaking and i got really down and depressed and i gained like a million
0: pounds and Which not literally doesn't help anything no right? nothing so, so let's let's recap here you you know finally meet your guy, your best friend, you know, your partner, you guys have a very shared vision of, you know, what your life's going to look like. And then, boom, a cancer diagnosis. And and like you said, so much gratitude that it wasn't any more serious than it was. So like you overcome this really big hurdle, which that in and of itself could be a moment of rising from the ashes, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. But there's a bigger piece on deck for you, right? Because you want, you, you guys want to start this family and it's like part of your shared vision. And now, there's this big elephant in the room that like, you know, is bringing up all of these difficult emotions for you. So it's kind of like that burning. And I see your cooling off period, you're rolling around in the ashes of kind of trying to figure out what's next. So how do you find your voice around that? How do you start to support yourself to like grapple with this new reality that, you know, there's a likelihood that you might not be able to have your own children or what it means to be navigating infertility.
1: I think I had to be fearless for a second because these are really hard conversations because like we've been taught that if you're broken in a sense, and to me, and I had to grasp this, infertility doesn't mean that I'm broken.
0: Mm.
1: Everybody, you wouldn't tell a diabetic that can't properly produce insulin that they're broken. And it's literally no different. I can't produce a baby. That's all it is. And so fully grasping that within myself so that I could have that real conversation with my husband and be like, okay, so Jason, you've always wanted a Jason Jr. What if he doesn't look like us? What if we get him when he's two? Then what? And so we had to have that conversation and we finally came, okay, so we're going to look at adoption agencies and look at maybe even the foster care option, which is what we've decided is best for us. We which are just
0: such a brave and, and courageous choice. So, well,
1: we want a good kid and there are good kids that need a good home. So yeah. it just makes sense.
0: So many good kids that need good homes right now, you know?
1: Um, so we had that conversation and, um, I grew up in a very Southern family where, you know, like we've said before, you can't talk about certain things. And so we finally got them to wrap their brain around that this is what we're going to do. And it's a great thing. And, you know, sometimes it took them a little bit longer to catch up with us, but it was fine. Um, And so now, you know, there was a point that I started to apologize to my Mm mother-in-law a few months ago. And she, she just laughed and she said, why are you apologizing to me? If we get a three-year-old in the beginning, they're easier to spoil and cuddle. <laughs> so <laughs> it just, um, I kind of had to forgive myself mm. and wrap my brain around that this is okay. Yeah. And one, I'm not alone. There's so many women out there that have gone. I've heard so many stories of people that, cause everyone wants to tell their story once you realize there's that connection. It's like, well, this is what happened to me. And I've heard a million times. Well, when you adopt your first baby, you're probably going to get pregnant six months later. So, which is fine. Awesome.
0: I'll have a basketball team. So anyway. So no, I love it. Um, so what I hear you saying is that number one, you had to have some deep conversations with yourself you know, and exercise a lot of self compassion. I mean,
1: what's RuPaul say, if you can't love yourself, how do you expect to love anybody else? So can
0: I get an Amen? Amen. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And you know, the piece that I love that you touched on was finding your voice around this, like not only in in your relationship with your husband, but with your family members. Absolutely. And there's so much power in owning that story, right? And like you said, there's like these floodgates of connection when you start talking about these you know, somewhat taboo subjects. And, and they're only taboo because we make them taboo, Absolutely. right? Because there's no space for us to honor exactly what we're doing here, these moments of like true transformation. Because, you know, even though this is this is difficult and it changes your awareness of who you are in the world and how you expect things were going to go down, it, it doesn't make you anything other than what you are, which is enough and perfect and, you know, here for a divine intention. And so, you know, now that you you find that support and you're kind of looking back outside of some of the lessons you shared with us already, what were your biggest takeaways about, you know, I grappling with infertility or like having that be a label? How did you kind of transcend that? How did you help yourself rally to overcome that? So
1: uh, my faith is very, very strong. And I think the big thing for me was knowing my faith story Mm. of what Christ has done for me and everything and loved me enough to come and die for me. And even for just me, he would have still done it. And like that is adoption is such to me so correlated with that. And then also, um, on one side of my family, kind of a shaky past that I'm not even going to get into. Um, but I learned at an early age that friends are the family you choose for yourself. And you've been around my tribe that I have, I have the greatest group of people. And like the fact that my best friend, Christian always refers to, well, when little deuce gets here and he's out with uncle Christian, like knowing that they're, they're ready, my tribe's ready and it's going to change our tribe for us to have kids, but like they're ready. Yeah. And it won't matter that they don't look anything like me or yeah anything like that so um that was the biggest lesson for me is i've already learned that i already have adopted family and um uh, they love me no matter
0: what. I know. It's so true. And I mean, I, Allison and I have only known each other here in St. Louis for about a month since I've been here and she invited me over to her house for a barbecue and I was, I fell into the arms of like one of the most amazing groups of humans that I've ever met. So much so that like and this is just serendipitous when I was coming in here today to record with you, Denise, your friend Denise texted mm-hmm. me and was like, we got to plan our ladies night, you know, and I think I Allison. Love my I love girl. I do too. <laughs> Shout out to Denise. Um, it is such a reflection of you right? Like we are who we surround ourselves Absolutely. with. And I think that you hit on a really big thing here that friends are the family you choose. And I know that deeply. Like um, a lot of people have, on this podcast have um, heard my best friend, Sharon, come on. She's like a sister to me. You are now like a sister to me. And I'm, I'm so lucky to be in, you know, the community of such powerful, like-minded women like you that are courageous and brave,
1: outrageous outrageous
0: women um, <laughs> and full of Full of magic and full of hope, and I see that in you. And it's such an honor to be your friend and to share this story with people today. I
1: swore I was not going to cry on this podcast. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. So I think one of the things that I literally and I keep telling Jason this. So, so many of the natural birth children, like I'm get, I don't think my mom planned to get pregnant when she did. She was married and fit the stereotype, or whatever. But like when Little Little Allison Junior Jason Junior shows up. I became their parent on purpose, and I can't wait to tell them that they were chosen. They literally were my kid on purpose. So, and I think Jason and I are the perfect parents to do that. Oh, I know it. Because anytime we do something, we don't halfway do something. No, you guys are all so, in
0: or asleep. Yeah. Um, so, well, I am so. I'm so grateful for you to share this today. I think it it sheds a lot of light on this experience that so many, like we said in the beginning, so many women have either been through themselves or are watching a friend or a family member navigate. It's a dark place. It is a dark place. And I think that, you know, this story is really a reminder that we have to move with compassion Uh and honor. You know self-forgiveness and let's talk about it and, yeah ask question. it is okay to ask questions until you're told to leave me
1: alone right so and ladies if you are going through this you are okay you are enough you are not broken this is just that ch- I always say as a photographer I capture your story no matter the chapter that is just a different different chapter in your life um Maybe you only get to be a fur mom. And guess what? That's pretty fantastic too. And maybe you're meant to be a foster mom that you end up adopting from there. Maybe you end up adopting 12 kids from an adoption agency. Sure. That story is enough. and you don't owe, you don't owe anyone anything.
0: So that's I can't say that enough to women. Mm-hmm. There's so many good quotes. I'm like trying to decide which part of what you're saying we're going to quote. And I'm like, oh my God, she's just dropping truth bombs like one after another. So, Allison, thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank Um, you for having me. You're so welcome. So honored to share your story. If you want to learn more about my friend Allison, please do. She's a photographer here in the St. Louis area. You can find her on the web at btpbyallison.com. That's Allison with one L. So make sure you guys get that straight and once again thank you so much allison for joining me here today thanks megan